Journal. Inspiring faith at work. Hello, my name's Elisa. I'm a member of the Luke's Journal editorial team, and I'm here uh, with Dr. Jareth Koch. Um, from Melbourne, Victoria, in Australia. Um, and we are here to chat today with him about his recent experiences um, uh, working as a GP in Melbourne prior to August 2019. Um, but uh, on that, in that time, um, he's been experiencing um, uh, what it's been like to have his medical license suspended indefinitely with uh, by APRA, the Australian Health Practitioner and Regulation Agency. So we're here to hear about why that's happened, um, understand what he's been going through and how we as uh, Christian medical uh, professionals and healthcare students um, can be learning from and um, aware of because of uh, what he's gone through. Um, so we're really appreciative today of Jareth, you joining um, us here. Could you give us um, a background as to why in August 2019, the APRA or Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency suspended your medical license? Hi, Lisa. Um, okay, I've got to try and keep it concise because it's actually a very long story um <clears throat> just by way of background I um so I was uh, in general practice I'd worked in general practice about 10 years um 10 11 years and I um you know before that I'd worked hospitals and so on so I, total length of time I worked as a doctor was about 15 years um, and what sort of where it began, the, the APRA side of things was um, in uh, sort of early 2018, um, the first of um, two people made a complaint about me. So there were two people who, um, I don't know who they are, they're sort of anonymous members of the public complained about the things that I'd they'd seen me write uh, on on the internet like Facebook and social media and so on and um, so that they made complaints to APRA about that and um, the first one the first complaint was made early 2018 um, they started investigating me a month or so after that complaint was made I found out about the investigation nine months later so at the end of that year the end of 2018 so there was a there was a sort of a period of secret investigation for about nine months and then um sort of from there one thing led to another a second complaint was made and they <clears throat> sort of es it escalated very quickly um yeah. to something called a immediate action which is a process which allows them to uh immediately suspend or impose restrictions on, uh, you know, a doctor, a nurse, or any health practitioner that they regulate um, uh, before a full outcome, you know, before a full investigation has been completed and there's been a full sort of process. It's sort of an emergency measure to sort of take someone, uh, you know, pr protect the public from somebody who's considered dangerous. 
So, <clears throat> so that immediate action thing happened in August, and 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 the decision there was that I had to be suspended um, on the basis of sort of my my opinions. Now, <laughs> um, leading up to that, they had hired a private investigator to so they'd had two complaints and then following from that they'd hired a private investigator company to um search for search the sort of facebook and search um uh, christian blog and find everything i'd ever said there so there's a christian blog that i used to participate in um by the name of bill millenberg sorry he's the blogger so bill millenberg some of you might know him he's melbourne-based um christian guy who writes a political blog and he um uh that blog is still active you can go there and see it and um maybe 10 10 or 10 years ago or thereabouts or 10 12 years ago i used to read his articles i used to um comment and interact with some of the um articles that i found interesting and um so they um and, and he covered a lot of theological topics and a lot of ethical topics and a lot of things like um gay marriage and those sorts of abortion those sorts of topics and, and those were the things that I was interested in too and so they their sort of private investigators found all the things I'd said on his site along with my own sort of Facebook page it was all searched and they came up with about 2,300 pages of material um with you know and in which they found all the sorts of things I'd said you know my, my opinions about homosexuality being a sin and that kind of thing and <clears throat> So they found all that. Um, the other thing they found was an, an article which I wrote for the Eternity magazine, which um, uh, some again, some of you will know that magazine well. It's an Australian magazine. It's distributed to churches and so on. Um, and I wrote this article. Can I screen share it? Actually, is that sure? Yeah, I've got it here just so I can if I can figure out how to screen share it. Just so you know. Uh, we can oh, also put a link in yeah, okay, that's notes right. to yeah, yeah. so it's uh, an article I wrote. It's called A Medical Perspective About Transgender. And I was invited by the editor of of um Eternity at the time, John Sanderman, to write a response to someone else who'd written an article about the topic mm -hmm. of transgender and gender transition. This was at the time Bruce Jenner decided to become a woman, and mm -hmm. so it was being talked about everywhere. And um so I wrote my personal and you know opinion as a Christian informed by my uh, I guess my medical knowledge which is um, that there are two sexes there are men and there are women and you cannot change from one to the other and you know all this this whole business of gender transitioning is is illegitimate and harmful so uh, anyway so they found all that and they said this stuff is um uh, I think the, the wording is something like contrary to the accepted practice of the medical profession. And um, uh, and a few things I said about, you know, abortion and those sorts of topics. And, um, and they said that kind of having these, having, having a doctor express these views in a way that could be read by people uh, is a, um, threat to the public interest and so they suspended me because I said it was a I posed a you know an unacceptable risk to the public interest and um so 
that was so that was the suspension that was august of 20 uh not 2019 yeah trying to remember the years now okay and then so basically since then i've just remained suspended because the investigation has continued on very slowly um they got an endocrinologist to give an expert opinion about uh the the issue of gender transitioning and they that they, they, they sort of did a few things like that and then um i think the following year 20 2021 middle of 2021 they finally said okay we've finished investigating you we're now going to refer you to a tribunal process and the tribunal process is a, a you know a disciplinary process where they sort of decide have you have you committed misconduct and if you have um what is the penalty um you know is it deregistration is it a fine is it whatever and um and that's where you're up to now that's, yeah now that's sort of happening and that is something that drags on as well so um i it kind of just happens in the background now because i've sort of moved on and i'm doing other things but um mm. i've got uh lawyers who are sort of involved in dealing with the sort of uh things that you know that need to happen and then at some point maybe this year we don't know mm -hmm. um there will be a, a hearing and at that hearing um i mean I'll, I'll have to appear and give evidence and i've already given some written evidence i've given it the submitted a, a, a witness statement um and ultimately out of all this, some sort of decision will get made. Um, so this so I, is with the, this would be a hearing with the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal? Yeah, VCAT. VCAT. Yeah, so it happens in VCAT, um, which, you know, handles these sorts of things, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's also important to highlight, Jared, that in the last, you were working as a GP in Melbourne for 11 years, yep. is that yep. right? Prior to these two complaints, anonymous complaints, and not once have you received any other formal complaints from your patients during no. <laughs> that time. Is that right? No, no, no. I mean, the patients. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't sort of speak about my beliefs explicitly at work. Um, and I... Um, you, you, you know what I mean? So I've, I've got my Christian beliefs, mm. um, but I didn't sort of proselytise them. You know, I, I just sort of work like any other doctor. I saw mm. patients of all kinds and I, I looked after gay and lesbian patients and mm -hmm. didn't sort of tell them what I think about it all. I just looked after them the same way you would. And um, uh, so they didn't know what I thought. Mm. Well, well, you know, and, and, and it sort of didn't matter what I thought because it was my, it's, this, is, this is my personal opinion um so as far as the patients are concerned everybody was happy all the people I work with were happy <laughs> uh, it, it sort of took them all by surprise and you know suddenly I couldn't work anymore and they had to find a new doctor so um and, and to this day I with the except you know with, with the exception of a small handful of patients I haven't had any kind of a, a, a opportunity to mm. say goodbye to any of my patients or Mm. You, know, you know, because it was just a sudden suspension. It was a, uh, it was just so so immediate that um, you you can't even sort of go back to your clinic and hand over the patients or anything mm. like that. It was just 
the people I, I worked in a group a group practice and so the others just had to kind of pick up where I left off you know mm-hmm. I had appointments that just had to be cancelled and it was just mm-hmm. uh you, you know it would have been a, a real sort of mess as far as the, mm-hmm. the practice is concerned I had home visits I had nursing home patients and all that sort of thing you know it just it was just suddenly um it just took place so suddenly mm-hmm. that it disrupted everything in, in quite a in mm. quite a massive way mm. I mean it was terrible at the time I mean looking back after a few years it's sort of uh, there's some distance now but when it actually happened it was terrible yeah as I hear your story I mean I am struck by how it can could be seen as um this is a, a form of suffering that you've gone through um an affliction that you've been put through um because of your faith in the Lord Jesus and what your beliefs um are because as a christian and um i wonder if you've felt that um or agree with that and that your experience in the last two and a half years do you feel like this has been a period of uh, persecution for your faith um look i think if i wasn't a christian i wouldn't uh you know i wouldn't have any kind of reason to be vocal about it these sorts of issues i mean i think you only have a strong pro-life position or a strong position about marriage and so on if if you're a christian if you're not a christian you're not going to um you're not going to have a a a, a sort of a counter-cultural position uh, opinion about these things let alone talk about them um having said that um with the issue of transgender um that is something where there are sort of secular feminists and so on who have very strong views about that and mm-hmm. have been very public about that and have gotten in trouble about that. You know, so he's Jordan Peterson, for instance, you know, he's not a Christian and he's been kind of persecuted professionally about the sorts of things he said about that. There's a nurse in Canada who currently, her name is Amy Ham, and she's currently enduring a some sort of similar thing a long tribunal Mm -hmm. um process to do with what she's said about gender and gender transitioning and as far as i know she's not christian she's um sort of feminist i think so so um uh, you know so some of these things you don't have to be a christian to believe but i think yeah look um um fundamentally the reason why I have the sorts of views I have personally about gender about you know these you know these categories of sexuality and so on and 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 when life begins and and that if you if you abort a baby you are killing a human being that those sorts of things come from religious belief yes so um uh, so I think to answer your question ultimately it is I wouldn't have any of these sorts of opinions if I wasn't Christian. Mm. Mm. Sorry to be a bit long-winded. <laughs> mm, no, yeah, it's um, certainly been um, an environment uh, in, our, in our culture that we've seen um, uh, this cancellation of others' voices, um, needing to silence um, those who have uh, differing strong opinions. Um, and so I think this is one aspect of what's happening in our environment. Um, but also as Christians, just uh, understanding, I guess, how um, 
we are viewed by um, the world that we live in as well. Um, I think it's quite uh, a piercing, um, you know, through your story and your experience. Mm. Um, I couldn't understand you've gone through many difficult hardships um, because of your sudden um, removal of your license and inability to work. Can you share with us any um, uh, comforts or moments of joy that have been uh, present in your life uh, in contrast to what experiences of difficulties you've gone through? Um, oh, look, you know, um, so <laughs> obviously suddenly not being able to work anymore was Mm. hard just from a from a from a financial perspective as well as from mm. just uh, uh I, I just didn't know where to go for a period of time and I didn't uh, and the other thing that was really difficult was just not knowing how long this thing was going to play out for so if it was if it was sort of if I could be told oh this this is going to be six months and then a decision gets made well then you can wait that out but mm. <laughs> um once I got the sense that this was going to go on for years um I had to you know basically leave, leave it all behind so mm. to speak and 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 um do something else um so i mean there, there's there's been silver lining so i think um having i think i said this in the in the in, in the written interview um having a chance to have a break so i'd work sort of pretty much non-stop Mm. in the one practice for more than 10 years I hadn't sort of taken any long breaks hadn't taken any kind of long service leave anything like that and I was probably mm. um <laughs> I, I I think you know I, I wouldn't say I was sort of burnt out but I I was I, I was fairly I you know I was I was a bit worn out and it was nice to have a bit of a enforced break mm. um you know, so soon after I got suspended, we took a holiday. We went up to Sydney to see a close friend who lives up there and spend some time with him. And, you know, just things like that, which it gave me an opportunity to do. I was able to be more involved in the life of my kids. I've got little kids and they go to school. And um, when you work sort of Monday to Friday and work into the evening often and that sort of thing, you just don't get as much time with them. So I've been able, after I was suspended, I had the time to uh you know being a bit more involved with school uh going to pick them up after school and all that that kind of thing um so so you know there, there's been silver linings um and and you know just the opportunity to think okay well what what's something else I'm interested in and you know there are other things I'm interested in um uh, besides being a doctor I you right. know I, I had, had long-term interest in in tech and that sort of thing so I was mm. able to go all right well let's let's pursue this now there's something which I've always had an interest in I haven't had an opportunity to because I've been too yeah. busy so I was able to do that and 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 that's sort of what I'm I'm working in tech now and, and right. enjoying that. so you know um God has provided for us and it hasn't always been easy to sort of trust that things will work out but mm. he has and um uh so I think it's taken a lot of patience, but I've sort of um, you can see how things have worked out in a in a in a good way. Um, and you know we've got a very supportive church. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, we, we, we've got a very 
yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of um, people at our church who um, uh, have have been supportive of us. And mm. so, can, tell us a bit more about what you learned about God through these uh, trials, but also um, what He's provided for you. Um. Oh, in terms of <clears throat> technical knowledge, nothing has changed. I mean, I sort of. God is God and God is always the same. Um, it's probably more I, I've been, you know, genuinely, <laughs> excuse me, genuinely uh, tested, if you want to put it that way, you know. So mm -hmm. I've had to actually go from a position where life is relatively comfortable. I mean, look, you know, not life is never entirely comfortable and life is always difficult, but I've had to go from a where life is relatively comfortable, relatively predictable, um, you sort of know, oh, I'll wake up tomorrow and I've got a job to go to and I've got an income. And you, you, uh, you, to go from that to sort of having to start all over again mm. um, in, in sort of the middle of sort of, um, oh, I don't know, 40 years of age or thereabouts when you've got little kids and all that kind of thing. And it's, uh, I've, I've, I guess so, I've had to um, learn to, uh trust that you know um when something like this when this sort of disruption happens um i can carry on sort of putting one foot in front of the other and and trusting that there is some kind of well that god is ordering it in some way that he's got some that that he has a direction that he wants things to happen in and they're not as sort of um predictable now as they were before but um you know um i guess it's like uh what is it one of the the proverbs you can make plans whatever but then mm -hmm. those plans can be completely swept away and then something else can intervene and and you've got to trust that god will sort it out in the way that he's going to <laughs> mm -hmm. even when i don't know the outcome you know so when when suddenly when things are very become very uncertain um You've got to trust that you've got to really rely that the um, uh, outcome is, you know, it's going to it's it's going to be sorted out by God, and he, he he's still got it worked out. Um, and even if I can't see, well, I don't know what I'm going to be doing now in six months, or in twelve months, or in eighteen months. Um, I've got to have a a confidence that God will do it. Uh, we'll work it out, and whatever happens it's um it's going to be fine in terms of uh, um uh, it, it's it's part of his purpose you know yeah yeah, yeah. even if it's not even if it's not particularly comfortable yes. for me yeah yes, so, yes. Uh, um, i think the verse there's a verse from um second corinthians that comes to mind that um something about how we are afflicted in every way but not crushed and persecuted but not forsaken hmm. uh, struck down but not destroyed um, and always carrying in us the body of the death of jesus so that the life of jesus can be made known in us hmm. so I, I i see and hear that through your story that and he's i mean he's talking about he's talking about very serious sort of hmm. literal beatings and literal sort of right. uh, facing literal death and so on so if he can say that about those sorts of circumstances then when uh, you know the, the sort of ways that we're being persecuted 
are a lot softer um, compared to that. But yeah, we still need to rely on the same mm. principle of um, God being uh, being able to rely on God even when everything has been changed and disrupted. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, as a, um, uh, I guess, as a encouragement to you, we would like to, you know, support you as a Christian fellowship. Um, we include in our CMDFA fellowship, medical and dental students, there's doctors, there's dentists. How can we be uh, supporting you and helping you at this time as we, as you look towards your uh, hearing, hopefully this year with VCAT, um, how can we be uh, supporting you? Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I think uh, being, um, just continuing to, I guess, stay in touch and and um, having a having having an awareness of what's happening. Um, uh, it's it's at a point now where um, uh, the the outcome in terms of in in terms of what the outcome will uh, why you know why is the outcome important? I mean, the outcome is important from my perspective because. I think there's a question of justice. There's a question. I, I I believe that there have been things that I've been accused of that are wrong and mm. inaccurate, um, and and it's about setting some of those. It's about setting those sorts of things straight, and um, you know, and 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 the question of well, you know, is it is it fair that is it fair to be removed from practice when, um when the things that you're in trouble about, when the things that, 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 that you've been, the allegations and the nature of those are, are nothing to do with your practice, right? So I think there's those sorts of the questions that I think that are very important to be sorted out. And, and that goes beyond me because um, if, uh, regardless of what happens to me, whatever decision is made um, becomes the precedent. Precedent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, so it's important, I think, to get a good outcome because um, the, what they've done to me is not exclusive to me. It's, they've done it to other people as well, and they'll continue to do it to other people. So, um, and it, it, it will ultimately have a chilling effect on people's ability to talk about these sorts of topics, right? So it's important for that to get, um, it's important to get a good outcome if we can. And, uh, so I, I think it's important for people to pray for it, pray for the process, um, to follow mm. it to an extent. I also need financial support because, um, so I've got a good legal team, um, the Human Rights Law Alliance, and they, they're doing a lot of their work for me, um, heavily discounted or even pro bono, but, but we also need barristers for the, the tribunal process and they cost money. And, you know, we need a fundraise for that. It's not the, the sort of <laughs> the sort of legal cost we're looking at is sort of far beyond what's possible for me because uh, particularly because I had to I, I had to go sort of two, two to three years without any kind of employment income. Um, so we're relying it really we're relying on crowdfunding um, to cover the legal legal costs of it, pay the barristers and and that sort of thing and the expert any expert um, witnesses that we might rely on so um 
if you can, I would really mm. be appreciate. I would appreciate it if people could contribute to the to the fundraising. There's a there's a website to go to. Um, we we still need to raise a substantial amount of money to cover what we expect the barristers to the cost to be in the in in the end. And you know, people people only need to sort of contribute what what they can or what they want to. Um, it's about getting as many people as possible. You get a lot of people contributing a little bit each. That's that's how you sort of get there. So, um, you know, and if you can, if you can share that too, if you can share it with other people who are sympathetic and who believe that um, it's important to stand up about these sorts of things like gender and, um, uh, you know, and so so. Mm. Yeah, that's one different way that you can help not just me, but help get a good outcome that has flow-on effects to uh, the future of um, other health professionals and doctors and nurses and mm -hmm. psychologists. Yeah. And everything else. Yeah. That's right. It's really about, yes, um, supporting you in order to, um, yeah, uh, further, I guess, this uh, case uh, in terms of justice, but also um, raising enough money for supporting you and your, and your family as well. Um, because of the repercussions it will have for other um, healthcare workers across all fields, as you said, um, yeah. because of um, these moral issues that are super, very contentious at the moment. Um, so we'll post a link to your fundraising site um, for those who want to uh, help and assist that way. And we certainly will be wanting to pray and uh, follow the outcome of um, the, your trial. So um, we will do that. Um, and uh, I'll also be doing a follow-up interview with um, one of the lawyers involved in your case, um, one of those, one of the lawyers working at Human Rights Law Alliance. Um, so that would be uh, helpful to fill in some of those details from the legal perspective. So sure. I just wanted to uh, thank you once again for taking the time out to talk to us, talk to me, and um, respond to all these questions about what you've gone through. And uh, sure. if that's if it's okay with you. Could I pray for you before you go? Sure. Yep. Very kind of you. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Um, oh, Lord God, um, we come to you um, with uh, Jareth and um, his family uh, on our hearts. Lord, we ask you um, to uh, uphold um, mercy, Lord, and justice for over Jareth and his family. Um, we pray, Lord, um, for everything that they've gone through, that uh, Lord, we acknowledge you are sovereign, you are good in the midst of, of this uh, turmoil and upheaval that they have been thrown into. Um, but Lord God, um, we are uh, thankful to hear of how you've provided for them. Um, but we do ask Lord that at the moment you uh, ask your hand of justice to be uh, upheld through this tribunal, we ask for um, uh, good, um, outcome um what is pleasing in your sight lord um to be for the good of um, his family and um ultimately for um yeah justice to be to be heard um and upheld but lord god we also know that um 
we um, are also in your hands as well, um, according to your will, what will be done. Um, so we pray for patience and perseverance, Lord, for Jareth. Um, and we pray, Lord, for provision for his financial needs. Um, and we ask, Lord, that you continue to provide the peace um, that he needs to be able to uh, face what's ahead uh, and know that you are with him through it all. Um, so we pray, Lord, in these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate your time. <laughs> no worries at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll post um, his written interview um, and links to the article that he had written for Trinity News, as well as the fundraising site um, for any listeners to uh, check and uh, give towards. So um, thank you again. All right. 